Hello everyone, this is Lawrence Taylor. I'm the pastor of Kenilworth Baptist Church in Brooklyn, and I'm here to share a few thoughts, some reflections on the scripture. In the book of Romans, chapter 1, and I'd like to read from the New American Standard, verses 13 to 17, the Apostle Paul wrote, I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that often I have planned to come to you and have been prevented so far, so that I may obtain some fruit among you also, even as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So, for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. I was a an agnostic at one time in my life. It's when I was in high school. I said that these Christians are not that bright. They just base their faith on some book that men wrote, and on the basis of that, this is their religion. So I said, they're not too bright. They don't use reason and logic. So I read Bertrand Russell. And if you don't know who that was, Russell was an American philosopher. And he was the most well-known agnostic in the country. And he wrote a work on why I am not a Christian. And, of course, he gave a number of reasons why. But one of the reasons is because this assumption, a lack of intellect on the part of Christians. Russell said, for instance, you can't command someone to love someone. That has to come from your heart. So why accept this religion? And, of course, being an agnostic, he was talking about all religions, but he specifically uh, targeted Christianity. And so I said, hey, you know, Russell makes a lot of sense. And at that time, I was forced to go to church by my parents. If I had my way, I would stay home and watch TV. But they said, no, my father was a deacon. My mother was in the choir. Uh, and they had to make a good showing, and they couldn't have their two boys staying at home, so we were forced to go to church. And I mean forced. If I told my father no, he would have knocked me out and put my clothes on and then put me in the car because he was a boxer. So I wasn't <laughs> going to contend with him. Uh, but uh, it, it was, it was uh, I found it uh, onerous and unnecessary, uh, and I was just bored to death. It had nothing to me, meant nothing to me. 
because I thought I was a smart guy. I thought I had all the answers. But look at what the Apostle Paul wrote here in Romans chapter 1. He tells the church at Rome that I plan to come to you. Now, what that means in verse 13 is that when he penned this letter, he hadn't been to Rome yet. And it was his desire to meet these Christians. So obviously he did not establish this church because he had never been to Rome when he wrote this letter. But then he says something very curious uh, in verse 14. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and the foolish. Now, when he says I am under obligation... He means that I have to present my gospel to people, whether they are Gentile, who are well-educated, or whether they are barbarians. And barbarian does not mean what we think it means. You think of a barbarian, you think of an uncivilized person. Uh, Well, that's not what he meant by barbarian. He just meant, as a barbarian, a foreigner. He says, I have to present it to everyone. And then he says, whether they are wise or foolish. It doesn't matter whether I'm speaking to the intelligentsia or whether I'm speaking to the most ill-informed, most illiterate. I have to present the gospel. And he notice he says, under obligation. And so he says in verse 15, so for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Now note he specifies Rome. I think most commentators would agree with the fact that the Roman Christians were disappointed with Paul. And when I mean disappointed, they said, look, he goes everywhere. He preaches the gospel to all of these other places, but he dare not come to Rome to preach his gospel. Now, the implication is this, that he's afraid to come to Rome. And the reason why is because Rome at that time was the center of Western civilization. It represented philosophy, You had the Stoics, you had the Epicureans, uh, you had a whole bunch of other philosophical groups there. It represented wisdom, and Paul's gospel could not stand up to that. That was the accusation. So he's afraid to come to Rome, because if he comes to Rome and he tries to uh, convert and preach his gospel to these intelligent people, there's just too many intelligent people, and he will not be able to defend his position. So note what Paul says in again, and I keep hopping on verse 14. He says, no matter how intelligent they may be, I am a debtor. I think that's the way it's translated in the King James. I am a debtor to both those who are intellectual and to those who are not intellectual. It doesn't matter. 
and I know that my gospel will stand up. And here's the reason why. He gives the reason why in verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So the reason that he gives for saying that I will come to Rome and I will confront anyone, no matter how well educated, no matter what their philosophical bent may be, he says, I will go to Rome and preach the gospel because the gospel is more than just some human wisdom. That's the point. It is more than just human wisdom. What does he say the gospel is then? He says the gospel is the power of God. Difference between that and human wisdom. See, you, these philosophers were wise and they were intelligent, but they lacked power. The gospel has power. Wisdom, education, books, as important as they are, cannot transform form a person's life. You can't make a sinner a saint by educating him. All you do is make him a sophisticated sinner. That's all. But you don't make him, he doesn't have power over sin when you give him that knowledge. So Paul says, on the other hand, the gospel is more than that. The gospel is power. Why? Because Unlike the philosophies of the world, the gospel can change a person's life. It can transform him to a state of wretchedness, to sainthood. And he says there's nothing on earth that can do that except the gospel. So that's why the apostle Paul says in verse 15, I am eager to preach the gospel. It doesn't matter where I go. Because the gospel is power. It can change a person. Now, the word for power is the Greek word dudamis. Uh, and th that word is spelled D-U-N-A-M-I-S. D-U-N, like in Nancy, A-M, like in Mary, I-S. Dunamis. That's the Greek word. Know what word we get from that? We get the word dynamite from dunamis. So he says the gospel is dynamite. And as one person reminded me, he said, listen, when you bring the gospel and the Holy Spirit together, the Holy Spirit is fire, the gospel is dynamite, and what happens when you bring dynamite and fire together? You get an explosion. And he says that's what will happen in the person's life. He will be changed, transformed. He will be transformed from someone who was on their way to hell to someone who's heaven-bound. So that's why he says, I'm not ashamed of it. And then he says in verse 17, for in it, now in it is what? In the gospel, the gospel. The gospel is power. The gospel is wisdom. And then he says in verse 17, the gospel is revelation. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. 
The righteousness of God is how you get right standing with God. But he says, then what happens is that you start off in faith, but you don't end with that. You, I mean, sorry, you start with faith and you will continue a life of faith. God will be with you throughout this walk. So that's why he says it is from faith to faith in verse 17. As it is written in the King James says, the just shall live by faith. So now you enter into a life of faith and you live a life of faith. There is nothing like the gospel. I had to learn that because I was an agnostic and I thought I knew everything, but I needed an encounter with Jesus. And it was only through the gospel that I was transformed. Amen. 